Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bluminati podcast. Uh, this week, angry waves and hand grenades as the South Florida Bulls travel to New Orleans to take on the Tulane Green Wave, who, who uh, and we'll get into it, are, are, they're pretty similar in, in a lot of respects this season, folks. Um, you know, some close calls, some interesting losses, but it's it's been real up and down uh, throughout the season. But we'll get into that uh, here shortly. Uh, I think we need to kind of jump into something real quick. Uh, you know, first of all, I want to shout out Irish 31 forever and always. It's just a beautiful sponsor for us. Um, they, they're going to have a watch party, uh, this week in Wesley chapel. Let me make sure I've got the address right for you folks, for you fine folks. So you guys aren't just walking around aimlessly hoping for the best here. Let me make sure I get it up and right. Uh, this Saturday, uh, November 20th, the kickoff, uh, kickoff at noon. So, I mean, a full day drinking ahead for you guys as, as we prepare. Uh, it's at the Irish 31 in Wiregrass, 28358 Willett Way, Wesley Chapel, Florida, 33543. Um, so super exciting stuff. It, you know, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, time for the season. I think if USF was just a, a pinch better, uh, you know, these numbers would go through the roof, right? But uh, shout out to Irish 31 for always sticking by us. It's been a fun year. Uh, super excited! We're gonna try to bring them back for next football season as well as we as we wrap up and and you know we're we're actively looking for sponsors as well uh, for basketball season. So get at us if you need it, um, Seth. Let's let's kick it off with a, a quick recap of Cincinnati. Um, the win expectancy number was probably right in line where you thought you'd be against the number five team in the nation. You you, you really got dominated in all facets of the game, but you know, if you take away that final garbage time touchdown, a 10 point loss against the number five team in the nation is not terrible. No. And I, and I think you played a lot better on offense than you thought you would um, against what is by all measures, a top five defense in the country. That's back to back. We, the USF offense has played really well against a really good defense. So I think you have to take that, and, and and that's definitely a sign of progress. I think the last two weeks, um, we've kind of been of the belief that if they covered these games, that you, you'd feel like even if you didn't win, you're making progress just by keeping these games within the margin. That's two weeks in a row they've covered now. Um, so um, their, their record against the spread on the season has got to be really good, isn't it? Yep, they are. They're seven and three uh, in twenty twenty one against the spread. Uh, Twelve and seven all time under Jeff Scott over the last two years. So even when they're pretty bad, they're still they can still win you some money. They're outperforming. It's just when they're really yeah, and that's the best. I think the best indicator of expectations and performance expectations is that cash market, and and they're outperforming that consistently. So that's a good sign. Um, heading towards the future. So they're making progress. Um, but it, it, I think there was a lot of stuff to like about the game last week. Um, and then still some of those same old problems keep creeping up. And um, I don't know if, if those will get fixed before the season ends. It doesn't look like they will. Uh, you're probably right in that regard. Cincinnati uh, gains 506 yards of offense. They throw for over 300 yards. Uh, they 
They rush for 202 yards. Um, just a, a pretty dominating performance on the offensive side of the ball after a, after yet another disjointed first quarter between the Bearcats and the Bulls. Uh, seven first quarter turnovers between the two teams over the last two meetings. Uh, just weird things happen. It, it's just I guess we're just going to have to live with that uh, regardless of which team's up and which team's down. Just These games are just going to be weird forever, uh, you know, at least until, what, 2022 when they when they head to the Big 12 when we never see them again. Uh, so just, I mean, the, the defense was in shambles again. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else we can say it. 6.7 yards per play. Uh, they're now allowing 487 yards per game defensively. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. Nothing's going to get fixed over these last two games. The only thing, the only breath of fresh air you get is you're not going up against two of the better quarterbacks in the conference. Uh, over the last two weeks. And that's really the only reprieve you're getting. And, you know, again, just those random single quarters really do me. You know, you go into the second quarter tied at seven, and then the second quarter just really gets away from you. And you're, you're, you've dug yourself a, a 17 point hole at halftime that you just really can't get back out of and Cincinnati just kind of laid it on. I mean, Desmond Ritter through was 31 of 40 and completed 78% of his passes on Friday night. And, you know, they, I think they only had one, they only had, let me make sure I get this right. They only had one completion over 20 yards. They dinked and dunked you down the field. And when you have an accurate quarterback, that's all you need to do. It's, it's not, like I get the the thought process, right? Of you know, make them make the throws every single time down the field, and I, I completely understand that. But when you're going to, up against, you know, I know it's a down year for quarterbacks in the NFL draft, but this guy's probably going to go in the first round, if not early second round. He's accurate enough to just kill you. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they're they really got scarred after Florida and BYU bombed them over the top and uh you know injuries mounting up it's just a i guess a confluence of events here seth how how can usf mitigate this uh going forward yeah you know after those early games everyone was saying why are we playing so much main coverage why are we letting these bombs over the top we got to stop doing that well they've done that and now you're getting the other side of it um you kind of take away the big plays but you allow these teams to move the ball down the field, especially the good quarterbacks, so they can make those throws consistently. So, you know, like you said, luckily the the quarter the level of quarterback goes down a little bit. I think they've played some pretty good ones throughout the year. SMU's quarterback is is um, one of the best in the country in terms of EPA. I think he might be number one. Um, Houston's quarterback's pretty good. I think the Tulsa quarterback's not bad. Um, and then Cincinnati's quarterback, as you mentioned, could be a first round draft pick, uh, probably going to go in the top three rounds, probably about to get invited to the senior bowl if he already hasn't. So pretty good players. So I, I think that'll help not playing those consistent kind of quarterbacks. You saw kind of um, a guy more like Dewan Mathis. It's a little, that's got some talent, but it, it's a little raw still. And you saw kind of how they were able to handle him. And so I think that'll help maybe playing worse quarterbacks, but 
they got to continue to mix things up, try different things, not show the same look over and over. Houston, after just kind of talking over with some people, the Houston game, Houston had a really good plan of what they were going to run on first down USF pretty consistently and had a good call for it almost every time coming out on first down and caught USF in the same look and was able to just kind of take advantage of, of knowing what the call was going to be on first down. So uh, I, haven't, I haven't looked super in detail at Cincinnati yet. I'm going to look probably tonight and, and then tomorrow we'll have the film room, but uh, there's probably similar stuff. So just mix it up. Don't be uh, go against tendency. And in the last few games, you can do some different things. But, um, you know, there's obviously um, doesn't feel like the problems are going to be fixed as in season. Uh, but hopefully you can do enough these last two games to win. Yeah, I think to kind of put a button on Cincinnati as, as we move toward Tulane, I mean, that first half offensively was horrendous. I think we can uh, – we can fairly say that that first half was not winning football. Uh, I think they gained 39 yards in the first half and gained a hundred, uh, 307 in the second half where they started to click and, and hit a little bit more. And uh, against really, really good teams, you can't gain 39 yards on offense in a half and expect to be even anywhere in the vicinity of a win. And you can't do that against bad teams either, because guess what? You're still a pretty bad team right now. Now, they're showing strides. I we can't take that away from them, right? The the offense is getting better. They're a, a young offense, and you'll have you know those moments where you gain thirty nine yards and a half. But you've got to be able to quickly write the ship, and they didn't write the ship quick enough on Friday night. And I think it could doom them uh, at Tulane on the road. It, it's still a pretty tough place to play. I know Yulman's not going to be you know raucous and 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 roaring but it, it's a it's a cool stadium uh Tulane always plays us pretty pretty hard uh even when Quentin Flower was there uh there was so I think it was the 2017 season 2016 season where USF went up big and and Tulane you know clawed back into the game and and nearly pulled it off but I mean let's let's think back to the last time these two teams played it was what 2018 if I'm not mistaken they was that the the chrome you uh, uh chrome uh flag helmets right yeah it was yeah it was the the day of the corgi races yes and it was the day that we collectively were like so how much is charlie strong's buyout that and was he, the charlie strong game and then that he was... got another and then he got another full ass year Another full ass year, and, and Tulane just ran this team off the off the field. I think they won forty to fifteen, and it, and it, the score wasn't as close as it would indicate. Uh, so, so USF's got got some issues that they've got to figure out against this Tulane team. Um, you know, the bright side, I think we're going to be relatively healthy, and we'll, we'll get into to the injury updates that I've got uh, here in a little bit, but. There's a there's a lot to be to worry about the, this defense and and you know I know Tulane's offense hasn't been great but Michael Pratt is still a pretty good quarterback he's completing over 77 57 uh, percent of his passes uh, he doesn't turn over the ball um, so they're gonna have to figure something out let's jump let's just uh, jump into it Seth do you have uh, our friend Parker's uh, beautiful uh, stat preview up and re- and ready and rocking and roaring to go. Oh, we're red, D, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So quick, quickly as, as we go over it. Uh, so Tulane opened as a five point favorite uh, on Sunday. It got bet down to Tulane minus three and a half. And then it's been bet back up to Tulane minus five and a half. Uh, either Vegas knows something or they haven't caught up yet. Uh, the, the numbers here suggest that USF should win this game. You know, it's a, you know, fifty-five percent win probability, projected score twenty-one nineteen. Um, that Big seems goal. fair. It it looks like it's you know, uh, you know, Seth, you know this. Uh, it's like you know the good versus good versus you know, and then bad versus bad, right? You, you get your ones versus your ones, and then twos versus yeah. your twos. At sometimes during practices, and that's what it's looking like. It's USF's, you know, getting better offense versus two lanes. Pretty sneaky good defense. Yeah, in, uh, they, terms of, they, in terms of like success rate, they're pretty good. And then and, and it seems like they're pretty good against the rush, which um, will be an interesting matchup with the USF offense, right? Yep, absolutely. And then it's uh, really bad USF defense against the shockingly, a shockingly bad uh, two-lane offense, fair to say. I know they lost, they lost Will Hall, their offense coordinator, Southern Miss. But they did get his college roommate ship long, which apparently is supposed to be the exact same thing, right? I mean, Seth, if if your college roommate did your job right now, how well do you think they would do? Yeah, probably not great. Steve, what about yourself? <laughs> just, just uh, my my college roommate was was all in on hockey. Um, so if this if this was a USF Ice Bowls versus a uh, Tulane angry uh, angry Ice Wave, um, you know, it might be might be a little bit more fair assessment. But yeah, it'd be terrible uh, with, with my college roommate. So so I feel bad for JP and, and those guys that fear the wave and the Tulane fans. That I mean, this is the one fan base in the, in the conference that we can probably stand. Even though uh, Robert, you got absolutely. Uh, Demolished is not even a strong enough word for what happened to you like yesterday. Disintegrated. And, and you ether, took us all. You took us is, all down for no reason. I don't is understand. Ether still a thing? Is ether? Oh man, you got. I just Thanos snap where I, you couldn't come back from it. I couldn't, but I just love how. And I was I was messaging JP beforehand, and I was like, "Are you guys gonna have fun with this week, or like, am I gonna another Cincinnati situation?" Because I tweeted at the Cincinnati uh, sites, and none of them responded. And he's like, "No, we'll have fun." And I was yeah. like, "Okay." That, that was like responding to like training exercises in in like the South China Sea with like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, right. It was, it was not I, a proportional response. I was like, oh, okay, let's have some fun. Uh, Pooh Orleans, and then he did that, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I knew he was gonna do it because um, it's low hanging fruit, and it was gonna it was gonna get him those engagement clicks and the money that uh, JP Gilbert apparently think exists in the Twitter sphere. But yeah, it was fucking <laughs> hilarious. I I loved how many like UCF fans were adding me after like, oh my god, you just got destroyed. I'm like, <laughs> what's Twitter? I said Pooh Orleans, and I I feel like I won. <laughs> I mean, ever heard of a one punch knockout? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that was uh, Mike Tyson on Allen in The Hangover, man. You were snoring, <laughs> snoring after that. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's dig into it a little bit. Uh, the spread being five and a half is pretty shocking to me. I'll Just at, at first blush, am I am I missing something? I think it's and, a big home game. I think I think I think home game is big um, or they think home game is big. And it's at six in some places now. 
the consensus is still five and a half and then 60 and a half for the over under um, 70% of them. So 87% of the bets right now are on Tulane, but only 70% of the money. So that would, that would kind of show that there's oh, some nice. people to block someone else. Hold on. Do you want to take care of that? I can't do anything. I think that's a, that's a Seth. That's a Seth. There you go. There we go. Is he back? So 70%, uh, only uh, 87% of the bets and 70% of the money. So there's a little bit of difference there. So that difference is kind of more towards USF's benefit. So. Jeez. Um, it, Seth, uh, you, you mentioned it's a big home game. You, you would think that, that Tulane has a, a home field advantage. I think that's what they're thinking. The, okay. Well, here's the thing. USF and the Daily Stampede have the home field advantage because we are proud, proud, proud to announce that home field apparel and the daily stampede have become one. We are being proudly sponsored. (laughs) We're being proudly sponsored by home field apparel through the end of basketball season, folks. And listen there, you guys know we, we, we hawked them uh, prior to the release in, uh, in uh, what October, uh, and you're going to hear them every single week on this here podcast because they're beautiful people who do good, who do great work. I mean, look at us, look at us. We're, we're shills for home field. Uh, they are a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, incredibly comfortable, efficiently licensed apparel with, with vintage college designs as Steve is showing right now. That is the Colorado School Mines right there. And look at that. These are all your options right now. This is fantastic. Uh, Homefield digs through the, the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make those thoughtful designs for your school. And, and Homefield, as you guys see, just added USF to their brand. Now, here's the thing. Uh, so they do big... They do big new Saturday and they've been doing it for what a year, two, two years. Uh, I was, I was told by the officials at home field that we would have beaten some schools in season one of big new Saturday with the release that we did a couple of weeks ago. That's right. That is massive. And that is all thanks, uh, you know, kind of us kind of the designs. I'll be honest. Uh, the amount of people that we see, at halftime, when we go say hi to hi to folks, has been astronomical. Uh, we're so happy. Go buy more. Go buy more. Go buy more. Uh, I I love them. I sleep in these shirts. I've got two. I have obviously the Robo Bowl, and then I have the classic uh, USF in gray. Uh, Samantha has her eyes on the Robo Bowl hoodie. Um, so out, unfortunately. But if you if you go click on it, let's click on it. Let's show everyone. If we click on it. You can get it emailed to you, right? Email when available. You enter your email in. They'll send it. They'll send you an email immediately when it's available. Okay, perfect. And right now, new customers 
can get 15% off their first purchase from Homefield with the code Daily Stampede at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Again, that is Daily Stampede at checkout for 15% off your order for new customers site wide at homefieldapparel.com. And here's the kicker Black Friday is next week. Homefield will, will be running their Black Friday deal starting November 26th, which is Black Friday, the day of the Central Florida game, and will be running through November 29th, Cyber Monday. All items will be 20% off for the duration of the sale. No code needed. Items are subject to sell out, at, uh, and Homefield recommends ordering as early as possible so our warehouse and shipping carriers have plenty of time to get the shirts to you for the holiday season. Uh, it's a perfect gift for any sports fan in your life or for yourself. We don't care. Money plays. They have gift cards available as well. So if you have someone who uh, maybe likes Florida and you don't want to actually personally buy Florida clothes, <laughs> I get it. Get them a gift card so they can buy it. So it's not really you doing it. But if you do want to buy clothes of other teams, here's a list of all the teams they have apparel for. Um, if you have like an aunt or uncle that maybe went to Furman, you could buy a Furman shirt, a Notre Dame shirt, or you could stick with just the USF stuff. Yeah, they've got some great, they have some great Tulane stuff. I think that's apropos of of this week uh, this week's podcast. They have some great two lane stuff. Check it out. I mean that uh, that angry wave blue is just uh, beautiful. They've got uh, the little greeny. I'm sorry, that little greeny. The the that one. That uh, good lord. Like get that get that man back in the spotlight, Tulane. Like just throw him back out there. We need it. Put him on all the helmets. Oh yeah. I mean, the Pelican surfing, I mean, they, they've got some great stuff. So make sure you check out homefieldapparel.com. Uh, if you guys want to use the, the promo code daily stampede for 15% off your first order for new customers, go ahead and do so. If you want to wait for Black Friday, it's going to be 20% off site-wide, no code needed through Black Friday through Cyber Monday. Get all of your family and friends, home field apparel, shirts, pants they've got the sad husky joggers they've got stickers they've got everything home field uh, super excited to have them on board as a sponsor for uh for the daily stampede going forward uh but let's get let's get into it Tulane Tulane we 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 started talking about it it was I told I told the guys I was going to shoehorn in this segue and I did it pretty flawlessly I'll, I'll be perfect. I'll be perfectly honest. Tulane comes into the game uh, reeling just just a pinch. I think is is fair to say they're they're one in nine, zero and six in the conference, and they're the only win that they have is against Morgan State this year. They played Oklahoma close uh, to open the season, and then that's been about it up until the last couple of weeks. And and Seth, we we touched on it previously. This. This two-lane defense is really good. And I'm excited to see what they do. They're Just really like, good against the run. Against the pass, it looks like they're not great. So that's kind of not exactly a strength. Uh, it'll be a strength versus strength. But um, 
USF's passing game has been getting better, so maybe there's an advantage to be had there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I will say this. Let me make sure I got the, the numbers right here. Oh, dear. Uh, so Jeff Scott in his press conference today basically uh, talked about what, what's what been the difference for Tulane uh, over the last few weeks. And it was pretty it was pretty poignant uh, on what they what they were able to do. Uh, against uh, really, it started with Cincinnati. I mean, they kept Cincinnati kind of under wraps for a little bit before they kind of opened the game up. But uh, against uh, Central Florida and against Tulsa, they were able to really bottle up the, the passing and, frankly, the rushing attack for the most part. And what they what they've been doing is they've kind of changed the way they're playing defense. And Jeff Scott said this today in his press conference that they are playing a lot more press man coverage and loading the box to really take away the run. It, it was really effective. Central Florida ran uh, the ball 31 times for 48 yards uh, two weeks ago in that 14 to 10 loss for the green wave. And then Tulsa had to run the ball 47 times to gain 194 yards last week. And then the passing game, they did, they have been hit with the deep shots a, a couple of times. Uh, they've given up 50 yarders in one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, seven of the 10 games that they've played, uh, including a 59 yarder last week uh, for Tulsa. But they Tulsa turned the ball over four times. So, to, and three of them were interceptions. So, Tulane's been really aggressive on the outsides, making your receivers get open. And it, I think that's going to be that, that could be the issue going into this week. Can USF consistently? get open against press man coverage. Well, thoughts on the, on that there, Seth. I mean, I think, I think they have the guys to do it. Um, the only one thing that's going to be interesting to see is what is, you know, Xavier Weaver's health. He got held up the last two drives. Was there anything in the press conference today about that? Or have you heard anything about that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the perfect segue into the injuries. Um, so Brian Batie has been practicing. Um, he got stepped on, uh, which is a a sigh of relief for what it initially looked like it could be. Right. Um, he, it's a mild bone bruise. He's been practicing. It's been wrapped, but he's, he's still practicing. Uh, Donovan Jennings, uh, he missed the the left tackle Donovan Jennings. He missed the last couple of series for the bulls last week. He's been kind of getting out there. Haven't really gotten any solid confirmation on, Donovan's uh, status for this week. And then Xavier Weaver's kind of where he's been the last few weeks, kind of tending to the hamstring injury. You know, he'll, he'll play a few snaps and then take some time, play a few snaps and take some time. So I think that's kind of where we're at right now. I think, you know, the extra day of rest may help, but then you've got, you've come around and have a short week to, to end the year. So it's, really a balancing act for Xavier Weaver uh, to do so. And and we saw him line up in the slot a few times on Friday night. Uh, we'll say, you know, Bryce Miller is now in the transfer portal. So uh, good luck to him. But it, it opens up a little bit more playing time for, for Xavier in the slot. Let's see what, you know, Yusuf Terry and, and Demarcus Gregory can do on the outside. Holden Willis has been getting a lot of run recently. Uh, Sean Atkins, uh, obviously Jimmy Horn uh, in the slot. So it's, they're, they're still trying to find the, the right pieces and right connection uh, points for this offense. 
Yeah, and I, I think if, if you're going to get press man coverage, I mean, you got a taste of it last week against Cincinnati. They played some press man coverage. That's why they moved Weaver into the slot a little bit because the corners would roll up tight, and then you move him into the slot. Now he gets matched up on the safety, which he, he won quite a bit against the safety. Um, and, so, and then, so, you know, are they going to roll up on Horn in the slot? Well, then you got to feel pretty good about your chances with Horn one-on-one, especially if you give him a ton of field on some goes, some deeper shots, some like, um, you know, run a little hitch, you know, why hitch fade kind of stuff with him from the slot would give some people some problems. So uh, if they're going to roll up and play aggressive man coverage, you do have some guys that can win, which is different from years past this year. I think you've got two or three guys that can win against man coverage. And, um, you know, you could also use your backs out of the backfield in the passing game. If they're going to bring a lot of pressure, you got all your backs seem to be able to, to catch and, and move in space. So there's some things you can do. Motion, if they're playing aggressive man coverage, motion can give that some problems too. If you're going to run jet sweep, is the guy just going to chase him all the way across the field? If that's so, you might be able to get him caught in some things and then also use kind of motion back and forth to get some guys open like they've done in the past. So I think they'll have a pretty good plan, and they got to see a little bit of it last week, so that should help them prepare this week. Steve, you were you were up in the press box with us uh, on on Friday night for for the first time in a, in a, a little bit, uh, like two years, yeah, a different a vantage, yeah, different vantage point for you. Uh, what what did you see from from this USF offense from you know the first half to the second half that uh, can maybe translate to to being a little bit more effective uh, against Tulane on the road, uh, maybe for four quarters instead of just a half. You know, I, I think the biggest thing, and I, I know we always, we see it every single week and we see it on Twitter all the time. is just straight up the elusiveness that Timmy McLean has in the pocket. It's just, I mean, it, it's bonkers. It, the way that he's able to escape by himself some more time, break down the coverage a little bit. And in fact, you know, the, I think in the first, yeah, in the first half, that interception that he threw to um, Ahmad Gardner was the same kind of play that ended up being a 32-yard completion later on in the game against uh, and against Cincinnati that Holden Willis caught. You know, it's it's very reminiscent for any NCAA fans out there. The you know you get your mobile quarterback, you you know run a run a certain you know post fade coverage and you can basically kind of manipulate the defense to sign a car, kind of start biting up and you just dump a pass over the top. And all of a sudden, you know, you got a 25, 30 yard completion. So I think that's kind of the X factor. Of this game is that no one we have seen as of yet has been able to contain Timmy in the pocket. And if you do contain Timmy in the pocket, he's very capable of just throwing an absolute strike to, to Jimmy, to, Holden to Xavier Weaver to whomever it needs to be. So I'm curious to see what Tulane kind of does to to throw something different because I mean if you let Timmy scramble around and run, you know, he'll he'll gain eight, nine yards, you know, if, if nothing's there. You know, if if you decide to keep the guys back and try to contain him up, he'll dump it over the top and you know get a 30 yard completion. And if you try to keep him in the pocket just to make him throw he's going to be patient and find those open receivers. We kind of have the best of, you know, a mobile quarterback right now who loves to throw it first. And, you know, sometimes it's to his detriment and sometimes it's to our benefit. 
Agreed. Uh, wanted to kind of touch on on some of the the important parts of, of this two lane offense uh, that this defense is going to have to try to contain uh, or at least match. Uh, Michael Pratt, as we mentioned, you know, I, I picked this two lane team to to be fourth uh, to finish fourth in the conference this year, largely because of Michael Pratt, and I I still believe in his skill set. Um, just. It's just a weird year for him. Uh, I mean, the numbers don't really bear it out, but it's still a pretty weird year. I mean, he's completing 57% of his passes. He's thrown for 1,900 yards, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. So, I mean, he's still been taking care of the ball pretty well. It just, I I don't know. Maybe, Seth, I was too high on him. I, I thought there'd be a bigger jump from year one to year two for him. And maybe, maybe I just miscalculated how important the, how drastic the Will Hall to the Chip Long combination and offensive coordinator was actually going to be. Yeah, I mean, it could it could have been that offense change, right? That's tough to do, and you're you've only been you know in college for one year, so you're making that switch early. That can be a tough thing. Um, you know, it could be uh, you know supporting cast, letting him down a little bit. I haven't watched a ton of Tulane this year. Um, I saw a little bit of the Oklahoma game when, and he played really well in that one. Um, was kind of like a one-man wrecking crew a little bit. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. It, it, I think switching coaches can can do some – can be tough for younger quarterbacks. So that could be very well what the main crux of the issue is. And, and I know he's dealt with some injury stuff this year too as well, right? So it's kind of can just been a bit of a throwaway year for him all around. Yeah, and, you know, his supporting cast has been – uh, you know, a bit up and down, a little sporadic, uh, to say the least. Uh, Cameron Carroll, the running back, uh, it's 492 yards, averaging 4.8 yards up a carry. Uh, then, uh, Tajay Spears, uh, 488 yards, a little bit more explosive, uh, 5.7 yards per carry, five rushing touchdowns himself. And then it, they don't have a true true number one receiver. So it's going to be interesting who they decide to really kind of target and, and, you know, pick on this, this, you know, USF secondary a little bit. Uh, Tyreek James leads the team with 27 catches, 380 yards uh, and three scores. Uh, Shea Wyatt has 24 catches, 240 yards, three scores. Uh, Jativia uh, Tolls has 18 catches, 263 yards, two touchdowns. Hey, you're catching my drift that they've got, over 10 guys with at least 10 catches uh, on the roster. They, they spread the ball around. Uh, no, there's no one person um, to really hone in on. They have four guys, the four guys over 260 yards receiving as well in multiple people with, with multiple touchdown uh, receptions. They do a, a bit of everything to kind of spread the ball around. So you can't really hone in on any one person. And they got a guy named fat Watts. God, what a just name! Like the greatest name of all time. Oh goodness pretty gracious! Good. That's so. Good. When when looking at Pratt, what's interesting is so in 2020 he was at 55 percent completion percentage and 7.1 yards per attempt. He's right now at 57.4 percent completion percentage and 7.1 yards an attempt. Um, he's kind of the same guy. His quarterback rating this year is 134.3. Last year was 134.5. So I, I think it was one of those things where you expected him to kind of take a jump. 
and he just kind of came back as the same dude, which is disappointing with how, you know, for a freshman, he played really well last year. So you're thinking that jump's coming, but he's basically the same guy as right. last year. Which yeah, is- I think that's the first that's the frustrating part for, for me as, as just as a fan of him and his play style, I really thought he was going to take that next jump as a, you know, a second year freshman with, you know, a lot of starts under his belt and it just didn't happen uh, for, for whatever reason it, it may be. And, you know, it's kind of shown up on some of the, you know, the important things that, that we always tarp on, right. Third downs, red zone, the, the important things that help you win games. So I, I want to make sure I get this this right here. Uh, third down for Tulane offensively, they're converting 33% on third down. Uh, and then on fourth down, they're under 50% for the season. And then you, you look at the red zone and, you know, again, we'll all harp on this until the cows come home every single week because it's such an important thing. You know, Cincinnati took advantage ex- except for one time. And, uh, you know, they take it, they score that on the one yard line and it's a, it's a much different feel. It's a much different game. Last week, you, you get a stop and you come back down and score. That's a 14 point swing right there, which is uh, pretty important in the grand scheme of things. And Tulane's been pretty bad offensively. They're scoring. They've had, 36 red zone opportunities. They've scored points on 26 of them, but only 22 of those 36 have resulted in touchdowns. That's 61% of their red zone opportunities. And they are horrific at field goals as evidenced by missing a game winning. That I think it was a 26 yarder last week uh, before basically uh, in the fourth quarter uh, against Tulsa last week to, to lose. Uh, they're six of twelve on field goals this year, uh, which is tough. If I'm reading this right, they're three for three on onside kicks this year. I think they did get. I know that, I'm pretty sure they got one against Oklahoma, right? I'm pretty sure. If that's accurate, well, good. Be careful. Damn. Watch out good. for that. Fine. I had some lottery tickets. Three for three. Jeez, <laughs> I just I just wouldn't attempt one the rest of the year just to keep the the hundred percent at this point. I mean, you got to keep it one hundred. Seriously, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And then on the flip side, defensively, uh, I think these numbers are skewed a little bit by the early season struggles. Uh, perfectly, perfectly frank. Uh, defensively, uh, forty one of forty six opportunities have scored. 34 of 46 have resulted in touchdowns and then they're allowing uh, 40% on third down and they're allowing 83% on fourth down. So those are the, the, the numbers that I'm always going to be looking at. Uh, USF has been a lot better on third, third and fourth down the last couple of weeks. That could be an area where USF can take advantage of this two lane defense. And I think we need to see a healthy dose of all three running backs, getting the ball inside, outside, passing, catching, just get your playmakers the ball in space, and I think they'll be all right. I still think this line is like seven points the wrong way. I think this should be like USF minus two, but I could be dead wrong. This could be an ECU type thing. Yeah, it it, it doesn't – see, the, the big difference, I think, is when we th- pulled up the card for ECU, they were kind of middle in the road on both sides of the ball. Nothing was spectacular but they were pretty decent kind of on both sides of the ball, right? 
this Tulane offense is really bad. The defense is not much better besides being pretty good against the rush and pretty good, um, you know, so that's kind of it. If you look at, right, Echo, points for Echo, quality drive, they're they're giving up 60% of their drives are quality drives. That's worse than USF's defense. So uh, points per quality drive, they're giving up more. Uh, they're just slightly better there than USF's defense. So they're, they're, it's pretty similar statistically besides being better against the run. The, to So the Tulane defense, the USF defense are similar. Um, I think you got to feel pretty good about that, about playing USF's defense if you were USF's offense, right? Uh, and then the USF offense is much better than Tulane's offense. So it does seem weird just looking at these numbers. And Parker, I mean, this is all just kind of purely spit out by math. The, the, he's got USF projected to win here. So is there maybe some injury stuff or, or are they being really cautious with the guys that left the game early last week? I don't know, maybe. Um, but this feels like a game, and I think Jeff Scott even said it today, that if you're really making progress, this is a game you go win. Which I thought was a pretty, you know, bold statement for him to come out and say before buddy, the game. But buddy, hey, when I when I there. when I when I saw the tweet, uh, I think it was from Will that I saw it. Uh, Will Turner at, at Bulls twenty four seven. Make sure you guys follow him at uh, W Turner. I'm sure everyone listening does already. Uh, w at W Turner two four seven. Uh, let me let me pull up the. I think it was him. Let me make sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is from Jeff Scott. Uh, at the press conference today, and when I heard it, uh, when I heard it again, listening back to the press conference, I was like, "Oh shit, he actually did say that," and that is like verbatim what the, my man said. Uh, this is a big one for us. Everyone feels internally that we are making some strides. We'll find out this week. This is a game you should be able to go out on the road and win. And he's not wrong. I don't under I don't understand this line. I don't understand like unless Vegas knows something already that they've got well placed moles inside the USF program who's feeding the feeding them this these numbers. I don't I don't understand how this is possible. Yeah, I I I wouldn't stake my life on it. Like this isn't temple level confidence, but. I'm pretty confident. I feel like these two teams are heading in the heading in different directions. If we're being perfectly honest, I think Willie Fritz, I love him, but you're what year six. Let me make sure I have this right. Yeah. Year six of this. And this is, this is year six. Seth, you, you had a a fantastic uh, story on alligator army uh, this afternoon uh, talking about where you're at in year four. Uh, with coaches historically and if this is what you've done through four years at the school you're not going to win anything and now it's a different situation clearly a different situation for for Tulane Mm -hmm. Uh, Willie Fritz has taken this team to a bowl game three of the six years that he's been there I think the prior 12 years combined they went to three it had been pretty freaking bleak but You've got to feel, man, he really whiffed on replacing Will Hall. And yeah. they're going to have to figure something out here this offseason. They've been recruiting pretty well, 
but it seems like the momentum's kind of slowed down and there are some guys that could start to get picked off from from the recruiting. Are we on bad Nate Wi-Fi again? We're on freeze watch right now. We're on freeze watch. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. I we we I think we I think we got the gist of what he was going for there though. Yeah, the the crux of the crux of my piece is you you don't really you don't descend into championships. You have to be ascending, right? And, and then typically you don't descend and then ascend again. You kind of all these coaches that have won national championships. Obviously, we're talking we're not talking about national championships at Tulane, but all the coaches that won national championships, SEC championships, made the playoff, they've all had their bad years early in their tenure and have ascended to the championship, ascended to the playoff. You don't usually go up, then back down, then back up. It just doesn't happen a lot, especially at the higher levels. Maybe at a place like Tulane, well, they'll give him, <laughs> they'll give him more time. You know that that could happen, but it, you definitely go in the wrong direction. You know, not it, it's it's a shame too because it's I mean, it's not just a likable program. It's 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 the program that everyone kind of has this newfound affinity for, not just because of the branding and logoing and everything, but I mean, they're they they had it really good for a little bit. You know, they they kind of stuck to the expectations, exceeded them. And and played well and and you know scheduled some good opponents because of it and you know put put the scare into some schools in the past like three or four years and then you know this I I I want to say this year is going to be an outlier for uh, for Willie Fritz and Tulane I think it's just a combination of you know not having a true number one receiver step up um, not having you know a, losing some talent on defense that exceeded expectations and then obviously losing will hall is a huge blow to to that offense and it's 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 shown this year so i i think you know i think after a full year with willie with with willie there and i think he'll probably make a move in the offseason uh at that offensive coordinator position to try to fix this um but i i also wouldn't put it past to kind of just say like that's tulane right now they're uh uh Sometimes above average team, sometimes a really bad team, but fun one way or another, it seems like. Yeah, and I think they're probably pretty satisfied. Um, obviously, they'd like to be doing better this year, but I think they may be satisfied with where they're at in terms of a program. They're pretty steady. They've been mostly successful. Um, and they've been pretty good at recruiting, too. Um, yeah. you know, they, they came down to Florida and took two Bay Area kids uh, straight out of you know Jeff Scott's nose, um, you know we may be <laughs> we may be about to flip uh, one or two of them, but you know for them to get an early commit like that, which is the the Willie Fritz way of you know get them on campus early, get them to commit early, and just kind of hold on and pray for dear life that they you know stop hearing other offers. So you know I I, I do think we may flip that one tight end to Carlo. Uh, to Carlo. Um, I can't remember his last name, um, but I think at the end of the day, Tillian still got a pretty good recruiting class. They've recruited well for the past four or five years. Uh, I think they're consistently in the top half of the conference. Yeah. And, so, and like you said, they come into Florida. I know I coached against a kid, um, Booker, plays running back for them. He was uh, 
believe he was a Hernando kid. They came and got him. He was a pretty good player. So they're definitely not afraid to come into Florida. And then you've got good football in Louisiana as well. So they have access to a lot of talent and they do a pretty good job getting out on the trail. Mm -hmm. It just, this, this year consistently feels like a little bit of an outlier in the Willie Fritz era more and more as the season goes on, especially offensively. I mean, the, the early Justin McMillan, uh, days that LSU transfer and, and what he was capable and able to do um, in that, you know, long triple option offense that they're running, which was, I think, in my opinion, one of my favorite offenses that I got to watch in, perp- in, in person. Um, it was just done masterfully. Uh, I just, this year just kind of feels like, ah, fuck, like kind of like a bad Alabama year. Like, well. it happened. I mean, bad Alabama years are. <laughs> Are, are, aren't nearly this bad, but like yeah. you can tell when Alabama's in an off year. They they'll the bad, bad Florida year. Yeah, they're bad about, Florida year. There we they're go. About this, they're about this bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I and I, I think he's definitely earned uh, the benefit of the doubt. Earned some earned some uh, extra leash there. So I, I don't think he's in on the hot seat or anything. It's like you said, just a down year, and hopefully they can get it turned around in the future. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can get. Oh, no, he's he left. All right. So Nate jumps back in. It's the Steegan Seth show again. The people have been asking for it. We deliver it. All right. So real quick, let's go through some stats. Uh, While Nate's not here, just run through these advanced stats preview here. Um, Anything jumps out to you? To me, what jumps out is uh, Tulane's success against the run. Nate said he thought that was because, uh, you know, Jeff Scott said they play a lot of main coverage, load the box. So USF will have some opportunities in the passing game. I still think they'll be able to run the ball. There's there there's certain ways you can run the ball if they're going to load up and play man coverage. Um, you could do some stuff. Um, Cincinnati last week when USF played man coverage, they would bring the receivers in and crack the linebackers. So you'd get the corners to follow the receivers inside, and that gives you some leverage if you're pulling guys outside. So that kind of stuff can give you some uh, advantages. You could crack and run speed option with McLean and one of these, and you know, and Joiner, Batie, any one of those guys, flip it out to him on the outside, get them one on with a corner. I think that's you're in good shape. So there's some things they can do even to run the ball against this team. Let's see if we can get Nate back in here now. Maybe. Nate, are you back? Yeah. Can y'all hear me? Oh, oh yeah. Beautiful. beautiful Crystal audio. clear. Perfect. God, man. All right, so do you want to make are – where are we? Are we in the predictions? We're just going through some of the advanced stats. Are we moving on to the prediction section now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's head to the predictions and then wrap this, uh, wrap this show up uh, on a high note. So, All right. Seth, who do you want to start? You want me to start? Absolutely. All right, so I, I think I said earlier, uh, maybe it's previous week, or, that I'll probably never pick um, – any opponent to score less than 30 for the rest of the year. Um, just till I see it with my own eyes. Um, I, I, so I'll, I'll say I'm going to, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to go USF victory here. Let's go. Uh, let's go 38, 31. How about that? 38, 31 USF on the road. Big W. Oh, that's a cover and the over. That's a good pick. That's a very good pick. If I'm close to Nate's pick, I'll be. I'm pretty happy. He's been uh, on it this year. 
I really, I really have. Um, I just, I don't see USF. All right, here we go. It's at 31-27 USF. I just think, I don't know. I don't know why I think this USF's defense going to, going to hold the team under 30 points. Um, but I think USF can score 30 and and do just enough to win this game. And that's what you need to see. This is uh, progress in the right direction. USF hasn't won a game in November since 2017. They haven't won their final two games of the season since 2016. You start that this Saturday. And to to your point of kind of a lower score, 31-27 is a lower scoring game. Uh, but both teams like to run the ball on early downs. You see there, both teams are running the ball on over 55% of first and second downs. So you may see a lot of runs early, um, and that would kind of – the clock would be running, so lower scoring game. Steve, what do you think? Well, um, so gave it some thought. I'll be there, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, have been out for a, a road game in, in quite some time. Looking forward to it. Be there uh, Thursday through Sunday, and uh, we'll we'll indoctrinate uh, Paige by fire to the uh, to the realm of USF road games. So uh, we're gonna have fun there. Um, so I, I was thinking about this prediction for quite some time. And I, I know the popular thing is, is going to be that, that high energy game. Um, you know, I, I, I like to liken it a lot to, to Chicago, uh, the, the Broadway in the, in the movie. Um, you know, it, it's a very high energy show throughout the entire process. You know, the, there's a lot of really good stuff that happens. The story moves quickly. And, you know, you get to know these characters, you get to know to love them, the drama of it, the, the music is just banging throughout. It's fantastic. And then something happened towards the end. We get a Mr. Cellophane where it just, God, it sucks all the energy out of it. And then uh, it, we, you kind of limp to, to a good ending. Uh, this is going to be the Mr. Cellophane of, uh, of the USF season this year. Uh, I think it's going to be 17 to 13. A USF win, but I mean, Tulane has a way right now to just slog teams. I mean, there was, what, 17 punts in the Tulane-Tulsa game or something like that? Just, I mean, punter's dream. I, I probably would have loved it. Um, but I, they just they seem to have a way that just kind of lulls people into this false sense of, of security. And then, you know, you get, you get shot from behind and they they do this giant you know dance number at the end and everyone finds love. Are you? Is that the end? Yeah, that was the end. No. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. So to recap, Seth has USF winning thirty eight thirty one. I picked thirty one twenty seven USF, and then Steve picked seventeen thirteen USF. That means USF covers. That means USF wins all three. Uh, they don't cover. They don't hit the over for me. They hit the over for Seth. They don't hit the over for Steve uh, of sixty. So uh, plan accordingly, folks. Uh, 
let's get out of here on a high note before uh, my internet and Wi-Fi decide to act up again if they haven't already. Be sure to go to Irish 31. That They're having a great uh, event uh, with a Bulls bonus with Magic 94.9 Danielle on Saturday at the Wesley Chapel location. Make sure you're out there. Go hang out, drink some, drink some beers, have some fun with some friends. Uh, go, go celebrate uh, a potential USF win, and then you have the rest of your Saturday to celebrate. So, I mean, what could be better than that? And then, obviously, make sure you guys go to homefieldapparel.com as a, a brand-new sponsor for the Illuminati podcast and the Daily Stampede. First-time customers get 15% off their Home Field Apparel purchase at homefieldapparel.com site-wide. And then on Black Friday, 20% off. No code necessary. It'll run from Black Friday to Cyber Monday, so you get the entire weekend to buy stuff for your friends and family for the holiday season some great USF apparel, some great apparel for the, you know, the family in your life that you, you don't love as much because they didn't go to USF, but they went somewhere else that you have to buy a gift for them anyway. Uh, go check them out. They've got gift cards available. If you don't really want to spend your money on, you know, on a, on a Florida shirt or a Florida state shirt, or, uh, you know, if you've got that one uncle who went to Bucknell and it's just really, really static about it. And it's just a little old, Big bison. Give them a gift card so they can so they can go get some Bucknell stuff. I mean, that's that's the beauty of Home Field Apparel. They've got shirts and hoodies and everything for the college football fan and across the country. Um, it's been once again the Illuminati Podcast, proudly presented by Irish Thirty One and Home Field Apparel. Go Bulls! Go Bulls. Go Bulls.